Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Well, hello there. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Thanks for listening. Talk About Talk is where we improve our communication skills so we can advance our careers and improve our relationships. Whether we're a girl next door, a temptress, a wizard, a sage, a magician, or a pop star. Welcome to episode number 54. This is part one of a two-part series on archetypes. This first episode is your primer on archetypes. Sit back and learn all about archetypes, what they are, why they matter, 12 archetypes you should be familiar with, and how you can apply this knowledge of archetypes, both professionally and personally. Then, in the next episode, number 55, we'll apply this knowledge of archetypes to a real-world phenomenon, female pop stars. In that episode, you'll hear my interview with Professor Kristen Lieb, whose research focuses on the production and consumption of popular music, including how pop stars are created, branded, popularized, credited, and received. Spoiler alert, archetypes play a key role here. You probably have some vague idea about archetypes. Well, once you've listened to these two episodes, you'll feel confident talking with others about archetypes. You'll understand why they're so powerful. You'll know how a Swiss psychiatrist, an American literature professor, and an Austrian psychologist all contributed to the definition and application of archetypes to the stories we create and consume in literature, theater, and brand marketing. Most importantly, you'll know how you can effectively apply archetypes to the stories you tell and even to yourself as a personal or a professional brand. Welcome to your lecture on archetypes. Think of this like a university lecture, only there's no exam. And you don't have to take notes because I created them for you in the show notes on the website. Just go to talkabouttalk.com, click on podcasts and show notes. For every one of the 54 episodes to date, you'll see a brief printable summary, a succinct list of all the links and references, and then the full transcript. So as I said, you don't have to take notes. You're welcome. Just sit back, listen, and learn. If I was lecturing to you in a university lecture hall, I'd probably write three things on the board right now. Three things we're going to cover. One, the definition. Two, the hero archetype. This is one of the most common archetypes. Three, 12 common archetypes. This is where I'll share the definition and the celebrities and brands that personify each of these 12 archetypes. And once we're done here, you'll have some idea of which of these 12 archetypes correspond with your personality. All right, ready? Let's start with a definition. What exactly is an archetype? As with many constructs, we can easily get into nuance, but I'm here to help you simplify. In very simple terms, you can define archetypes in two words. Archetypes are universal patterns. Got that? Universal patterns. Universal as in broadly understood by many or most. And universal as in over time. Many archetype researchers highlight that archetypes, these universal patterns, have been around ever since stories were told a long time. Think Athenian philosopher Plato, way back in 400 BC. Think mythology. If you consider the etymology of the term archetype, there's arche, which means beginning or origin, as in the word archaic, right? And then there's type or typos, as in pattern or model. 
More recently, just a hundred or so years ago, Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung talked about how archetypes relate to our collective unconscious. And aside, please excuse me while I nerd out here for a minute. Carl Jung also developed several other important psychological constructs, such as the persona and such as extroversion and introversion. Does that ring a bell? At the end of every Talk About Talk podcast interview, you'll hear me ask the guest expert, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Well, that's Carl Jung. Anyway, I digress. But thank you to Carl Jung. So, Carl Jung is the scholar who established that archetypes are innate representations that universally exist in our minds. These archetypes, or universal patterns, typically come in the form of two things. Characters and or stories. And these universal patterns are commonly adopted by fiction writers as a means to help us as readers or as audience members make sense of the story or the plot. Let me illustrate with an example. A common archetype. The one that many people think of when they think of archetypes. It's the hero. The character himself is the hero. You know, Luke Skywalker, Ridley from the Aliens movie, Superman, Jack Ryan. I could go on. Their story is called The Hero's Journey. You've probably heard of movie production studios releasing the same Hero's Journey archetype over and over again, with great success in their storytelling. You know how it goes. It's formulaic. Likeable character faces insurmountable obstacles. After much doubt, then effort, he or she, but usually he, is victorious. The hero's journey was elaborated on, or really established by, I would say, an American literature professor named Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell was influenced by the same Carl Jung, amongst others, and in 1949, he published The Hero with a Thousand Faces. He deconstructed this hero's journey into finite steps or stages. And this, I'm guessing, is what movie houses actually use. Here's how the 12 stages go. Are you ready? It starts with stage one, the ordinary world. This is where the hero exists before the story really begins. When he or she, again, usually he, is basically oblivious. I keep thinking of the opening scene in Finding Nemo, when the baby fish Nemo is carefree, swimming around, adored and cared for by his loving parents, oblivious to impending dangers in the vast ocean. This is the ordinary world. Step two is the call to adventure. This could be a call to action, a threat to his safety or to the people he loves. Consider all the Disney movies where parents, often a mother, is killed in the first scene. Bambi's mother is killed by a hunter. Nemo's mother and his siblings are eaten by a barracuda. And in the movie Frozen, Elsa and Anna's parents are killed in a shipwreck. Then we have stage three, the refusal of the call. This can vary from doubts to fears to refusal. We bond with the hero when we see the reasons why he might not be keen or able to address the threat. This is where Harry Potter doesn't believe he's a real wizard. Then we move on to stage four. The hero meets his mentor. The mentor can provide wise advice, training, or maybe just a positive mindset. I'm thinking Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda from Star Wars. Luke Skywalker is the hero, right? Stage five is crossing the threshold. This could be the hero leaving home for the first time or maybe doing something he's always been scared to do. For crossing the threshold, I'm thinking of the Superman movies and the first time Peter Parker strings his nets. This brings us to stage six, tests, allies, and enemies. 
We're halfway through and the hero is learning who to trust and who not to trust. A great example here is from the Matrix movie, where Morpheus encourages Neo to trust him and take the red pill, not the blue pill. Neo wakes up and learns he can trust Morpheus. The next stage, stage seven, is called Approach to the Inmost Cave. The Inmost Cave could be an actual physical location with horrific danger, or it might be inner conflict. I'm thinking invading the Death Star to save Princess Leia. How's that for an inmost cave, the Death Star? Stage eight is the ordeal, as in the supreme ordeal. It could be physical danger, a competition, or a deep inner crisis that the hero must conquer in order to survive. Basically, the hero's life is on the line. Do you remember the movie Lion King? Simba's ordeal is choosing to battle and save the kingdom. After the ordeal, of course, comes stage nine, reward. So the hero overcomes his challenge, defeats the enemy, and survives. The reward can be status, knowledge, a relationship, or a tangible object. In Harry Potter, the reward is the Philosopher's Stone. In Spider-Man, Peter Parker saves Mary Jane and learns the identity of the Green Goblin. Then comes stage 10, the road back. In this stage of the hero's journey, he comes home with his reward. Remember the ordinary world he started in? There's typically one last challenge to get back there. Think of the movie E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Do you remember that one? The road back in that movie would be when Elliot and his friends are furiously biking as fast as they can with E.T. to get him to his spaceship on time. Stage 11 is the resurrection, the final test, the climax. This is when Luke Skywalker and the Rebels finally defeat the Death Star. This is when Simba in The Lion King throws Scar off Pride Rock. Then, the twelfth and final stage is called Return with the Elixir. This is when Dorothy goes home to Kansas. Luke Skywalker goes home. Peter Parker goes home. Phew! You got that? The twelve stages of the hero's journey are The Ordinary World, Call to Adventure, Refusal of the Call, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, tests, allies, and enemies, approach to the inmost cave, ordeal, reward, the road back, resurrection, and return with the elixir. I found several articles online that summarize these heroes' journeys for various stories and movies that you've read and seen, step by step. You can find them in the show notes. You might be cursing me right now for ruining every novel you've read and every movie you watch. That was not my intention. Honestly, I hope this insight into the 12 stages of the hero's journey will make these stories more enjoyable for you. You'll be able to dissect and anticipate the plot of any hero's journey. But while the hero is one of the most common archetypes, it's certainly not the only one. As you'll hear in the next upcoming podcast with Professor Kristen Lieb, there are particular archetypes that apply to the female pop stars that she studies. There's the girl next door, the temptress or seductress, the whore, the hot mess, and the survivor. Huh, no heroes here. Can you think of a female pop star who embodies the hero archetype? Me neither. Anyway, in my podcast interview with Jerry Zaltman, he talked about typical female archetypes being the nurturer, the witch, or the prostitute. In that podcast interview focused on storytelling, which by the way, is one of the most downloaded Talk About Talk podcast episodes, I asked Jerry whether these three most typical archetypes for females, that is the nurturer, the witch, and the prostitute, might change 
given our societal changes, advances in the status of women, and particularly with the hashtag MeToo movement. Jerry told me that those archetypes themselves won't change, but that other new archetypes may become available for female characters. Despite their universality and timelessness, there is something to this notion of archetypes becoming more or less available and relevant for particular contexts over time. In the next podcast episode, as I said, you'll hear my interview with Professor Kristen Lieb. Kristen first published her book called Gender, Branding, and the Modern Music Industry in 2013. Five years later, she made the significant decision of releasing a completely new edition of the book since so much had changed. Not just the pop stars, not just the people, but amongst other things, the common archetypes had changed. A completely new archetype emerged in those five years between 2013 and 2018. The female pop star as Survivor. Again, my question is, when will we have female pop stars who are also a hero? Okay, so these archetypes apply to fiction books, to movie plots, to pop stars and other musicians. Where else does this concept of an archetype apply? This is the good stuff. Are you listening? Now that you understand the power of archetypes, you can apply that power, that unconscious, innate, common understanding, that universal pattern that we all understand to some other contexts. Let me tell you about Dr. Ernest Dichter, a Viennese psychologist. He was one of the first, if not the first, to apply Carl Jung's archetypes to marketing. And by the way, I have to tell you this. I cited Ernest Dichter in my formal dissertation, where my research focused on motivations for word of mouth. In other words, why people talk. So this same Dichter also had a paper on word of mouth that was published in the Harvard Business Review. I just checked out his bio, and he also apparently pioneered what we call motivational research, and he coined the term focus group. Another amazing thinker with an impressive intellectual legacy, just like Carl Jung. Anyway, in the year 1939, Ernest Dichter moved to New York and sent every advertising agency on Madison Avenue a letter explaining how they could improve brands' awareness and loyalty by positioning these brands in terms of, you can guess, archetypes. So now we've got fiction books, movies, musicians, and now brands. If you're a brand manager, you can apply this concept of archetypes to the brands you manage. You can choose an archetype for your brand, just like you might choose a brand personality or brand values. And then you can use that archetype in your brand strategy. Why would you do this? Well, remember that archetypes are universal patterns. Universal patterns are recognized by consumers. They feel familiar. They resonate. And isn't that exactly what you want for your brand? Brand resonance. Maybe you're not managing brands though in the marketing department, but you might be a senior manager or even an owner of a firm. If that's the case, you might position the firm itself as an archetype. Maybe a heroic firm that overcomes obstacles to become a hero to its employees, clients, and shareholders. Furthermore, as an individual, you can also position yourself in terms of an archetype, particularly if you're an entrepreneur with your own business, but even in your office with colleagues or at home with your family and friends. Your ambitions, your possessions, your hobbies, your relationships, the stories you tell, these things may all be a part of your identity and your archetype. This is your personal and professional brand. So which archetype are you? We're not all heroes, are we? I know I'm certainly not a hero, but I do know which archetype fits me and which archetype fits Talk About Talk. 
do you know yours? I'm going to briefly take you through 12 of the most common archetypes right now. And I have a challenge for you. Two challenges, actually. Listen to the descriptions and think about whether each archetype first applies to you personally and second applies to your brand or your firm. Got that challenge? Okay. To make this easier for you, I created a one-pager in the show notes that describes each of the 12 archetypes with examples, so you can easily reference this one-pager and confirm which archetype applies to you personally and which one applies to your firm or your brand. Are you ready? Okay, here's the list in alphabetical order. First, the caregiver archetype is maternal, comforting, trusted, and generous. Caregiver brands include Dove, Amnesty International, Allstate Insurance, and Campbell's Soup. Think Princess Lady Diana and Denzel Washington. The creator archetype is an inventor, artist, designer, unique, maker, and vibrant. Creator brands include Pinterest, Lego, and YouTube. Think Rihanna and Marc Jacobs. You know, the creative types, the makers. Then there's the every person archetype. This is the girl or guy next door, They're hardworking, friendly, down-to-earth, and loyal. Every person brands include Tom's Shoes, Habitat for Humanity, and Craigslist. Think Julia Roberts and Matt Damon. The explorer archetype is adventurous, innovative, a pioneer, an investigator, and a trailblazer. Explorer brands include NASA, Starbucks, National Geographic, and Jeep. Think Indiana Jones, or Amelia Earhart. The hero type we've talked about a lot. It's disciplined, inspiring, strong or brave, a warrior, and definitely a champion. Hero brands include Nike, US Army, and Medicine Sans Frontieres. Nelson Mandela is a very famous hero. We talked about other hero characters, such as Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter, Simba from The Lion King, and Nemo the Fish. By the way, I did think of a few female heroes for us. There is my favorite of all time, Ripley from Aliens, but also Katniss from Hunger Games, and of course, there is also Wonder Woman. The next archetype is innocent, as in optimist, kind, simple, and pure. Innocent brands include Coca-Cola, Tumblr, and Dove. And innocent characters might be Taylor Swift or Forrest Gump. The jester archetype is humorous, comedic, an entertainer, playful, and lighthearted. Jester brands include Geico, MailChimp, and Doritos. Jester characters might be Chris Rock or Ellen DeGeneres. You know, the ones that make us laugh. The next archetype is the lover. The lover is focused on their senses, on relationships, on memories, and they're passionate and devoted. Lover brands include Haagen-Dazs, Tiffany & Company, and The Zagat Guide. Lover characters could be Adam Levine or Sofia Vargara. We're talking sultry. The magician archetype is a transformer, a dreamer, a visionary, an inventor, or even a spiritual guide. Magician brands include Disney, Dyson, and TED Talks. Think Oprah and Morpheus from The Matrix. The rebel archetype is radically distinct, bold, revolutionary, and unapologetic. Rebel brands include Uber, Greenpeace, E-Trade, Virgin, and yes, probably Richard Branson. Also, Jack Sparrow and Lady Gaga. The ruler or royalty archetype is authoritative, influential, political, connected, sophisticated, 
and ambitious. Royalty brands include Moody's, Mercedes-Benz, and Rolex. Royalty characters would include Beyonce and Prince Harry. Of course Beyonce and Prince Harry are royalty, right? The last archetype is the sage. The sage is a learner, a teacher, an academic, and they're analytical and wise. Sage brands include Harvard, the Smithsonian, the Mayo Clinic, and Google. Sage characters might include Einstein and Hermione from Harry Potter. That's it. That's 12 archetypes. Caregiver, creator, every person, the explorer, hero, innocent, jester, lover, magician, rebel, royalty, and sage. I know it's a lot. That's why I created the one pager for you in the show notes. Here's a question. Can you guess which archetype I am and which archetype talk about talk is? Well, I think I'm the sage, as in the learner, the teacher, the academic. Yep, that's me, also known as a nerd. And talk about talk? Well, the talk about talk archetype is the magician, as in the transformer, the spiritual guide. Talk about talk wants to transform you into a confident and exceptional communicator. So I hope you'll take this newfound knowledge of archetypes and apply it to your own life, to the books you read, to the movies you watch, to the musicians you listen to. Thinking about archetypes can make the consumption of these books, movies, and music more enjoyable on a whole new level. You can also use the power of archetypes to help you communicate more effectively. Take a look at the one pager in the show notes that summarizes the 12 common archetypes. For the firm or the brand you manage, use the appropriate archetype to help you tell a story. Symbolism from this archetype can show up in the logo and other imagery, in the words or the copy, and even in the strategic decision-making. For your personal and professional brand, you can leverage the appropriate archetype's story and personality. Your career choice, the car you drive, the way you decorate your office or your house, the books you read, the shows you watch, what you do for fun, the people you choose to hang out with. All of these things are part of your identity and your archetype. Suddenly, everything makes sense, right? It's a universal pattern. Please email me and let me know which archetype fits you. I'd love to hear. And also, I'd love to hear what you thought of this podcast. Let me know if this podcast is fulfilling its mandate as a magician archetype, helping to transform and guide you in your quest to improve your communication skills. You can connect with me through the talkabouttalk.com website, or you can email me directly at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I also strongly encourage you to sign up for the Talk About Talk email blog, where you'll get free communication skills coaching from me, the sage. Just go to the talkabouttalk.com website or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. Thanks for listening and talk soon.